Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the... Where am I sitting? You're sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. All right. You're right. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah. sometimes I have to check myself and, uh, and you know what I am. greetings to you. <laughs> greetings. greetings to everyone. Uh, and also uh, Ziggy Rodriguez and uh, yes. Thomas Patrick Dorian Hello. are all sitting here in this luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It is luxurious. So we are, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, uh, I have tried on several occasions to win the lottery. Now, I don't know if anyone else out there has tried to win the lottery. Sam, you probably several. don't, Ziggy. You, you're like... I actually have never played uh, ever. Variety. See, I, I yeah. figured that. I figured that. Wow. Someone who... He spends all his time reading about saints, and that's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah, and he's going he's gonna to win the lottery of heaven. He will. That's yeah. more important. That is good. But me and Tom, we're, you know, we got a lot more bills. I, I do it occasionally. Uh, I do occasionally, too. Between occasionally and rarely. How do about you, that? Do you try to diversify your portfolios? That's, or? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> No. Um, I, yeah, I only have one page on my portfolio. It's not very pretty. Yeah. Now, uh, Tom, do you do you pray before you? I don't. Buy the Maybe ticket? I should start doing that. Uh, see, I I don't need it. Work well. I don't just because I think it's wrong. You think so? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe nah, it isn't. It's okay to pray for that. Well, you know. So we're going to talk about prayer today. All right. Because uh, it's interesting. Um, this is it's kind of a neat weekend uh, when we read uh, specifically with Jesus is. He loves to uh, teach us things, and, and he teaches us how to pray. So, uh, he's, he's, you know, we're in Luke's gospel uh, in chapter 11, and this is where he teaches us the Our Father. But then he also talks about prayer, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some interesting little tidbits in here that I think we should kind of break open mm-hmm. okay. and see what, what that does for us. So, let's, where it starts is Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not subject us to the final test. So this is the Our Father that he teaches. And so the, the other versions are closer to the ones that we have that we say, that we've all known mm-hmm. uh, so well over these years. Uh, then it goes on to say, And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. Mm -hmm. Jesus goes on to say, And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish? Or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg. If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And that's, that's, that's very beautiful. There's a lot of stuff packed into that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think there's a lot of stuff that might even be like we've forgotten some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because as I was asking before about like praying for the lottery, I mean, we've, we've all asked for things and not gotten them. Right. And yet scripture specifically says this whole bit about asking you shall receive. Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard that? And then how many times have we been, I don't want to say, maybe we felt rejected or unheard. And so what do we learn from this? That God's a liar? Sam, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing that we have to first remember is that God is eternal and he's unchanging, right? We're the ones who are changeable. And so we might have this idea in our hearts or in our minds that uh, when we're praying that we're going to change God's mind, for example. But ultimately, prayer is about us being transformed. It's us who are being transformed by him. It's not us bringing God's will in line with our will. It's God bringing our will in line with his. So that's all nice. And that sounds like you consoling someone who comes whining about, I never get anything I pray for. Right. That's a, that's a good pat answer. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. What I am going to say, though, is I don't know. I, I, that middle part. So he teaches them the Our Father. He says, here's how you pray. And then the end is all the asking you shall receive. But in the middle, in the middle is this thing about keep knocking, keep keep yelling, keep asking, keep begging, keep praying, and you might get it. Right. Like if if, if your friend, if your if your friend, I mean, he basically gives you license to to wear him out. Sure. And so that this seems to imply that he that he softens or changes. And, and the reason why I would go further and say that. Well, okay, I'm going to be bold and say you are wrong. God is unchanging, but our perception of him and and how he acts may appear that he changes. See, and I'm, I'm delving into heresy here. I mean, be, be careful and check me. Get that heresy meter, you know, a, a buzzing. Because he is unchanging, and we change around him. But um, I think sometimes he doesn't change, but I think sometimes he gives us different answers according to what we need. Mm-hmm. Right, so while he's not changing, he might give us a different answer. And the reason why I say that is, let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's go back to Genesis, which is the first reading that we have with Abraham, essentially, um, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. He's he he essentially negotiates. Mm-hmm. He negotiates, and so doesn't that sound like compromise? And so, to some degree, you might look and say that God is teaching us that, like, that. Well, you may get something here if you keep asking you keep talking now again i don't want to stray into heretical territory and i will agree that god is unchanging but his reply may be different today than it was yesterday because you're different today than you were yesterday Hmm. sure no i agree with that i mean he's stepping into our experience he's inviting us into a relationship and we change teaching and teaching yeah, you know, and we're ch- and we're changing and changeable, and the only thing that we really understand is how to have relationships and relate to that which is changeable and changing. Yeah. So I think to an extent he's adopting language and imagery that makes sense within the realm of exactly. experience for us. Right, that's a, that's where we are. That's what we right. need to know. We wouldn't know how to deal with, you know, like you all just try to figure out what I'm thinking. Right, yeah. he, he's not saying that. He's not like you all try to attain where I am because we never will. Because of our human experience, because of our, 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 our fall, because we, we are imperfect. We can't do that. And yet he, because what I think really is going on here as Jesus teaches us to pray, something as simple as the Our Father, 
And then to juxtapose that um, with uh, the persistent friend, right, with uh, the Old Testament in Genesis, where we see Abraham uh, negotiating with God. And it's like, well, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? It's not so much about negotiation and change. It's not about changing God's mind. It's not about that so much as it is to keeping that conduit of prayer open. Right? So what's the difference between the friend that knocks on the door one time asking for bread and gives up and walks away and the friend that keeps knocking on the door to get the bread? The difference is there is an active, continuing relationship and encounter. Mm. Right, that's not over with the first time. So that's not us trying to attain where God is. That's us having a conversation with God. That's what Abraham's doing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lord, while I got you, let me just try to figure some more stuff out here. Would you would you save it for this? What if there were this? What if there were that? And that essentially is an active conversation. You think about, uh, you know, if you had if you were in a room underground that had no air in it but had one pipe and it was going up to you know to the atmosphere up there. And if you were to put your hand over the pipe, you, you wouldn't be able to breathe, right? Because that's, that's your source of air, right? And so if you were looking at, like, uh, trying to breathe constantly, right, and you want to have oxygen, you would have your hand off that pipe the whole time. You would want that conduit to be free and open so that air is freely flowing in and then maybe the carbon dioxide would go out or whatever. But the point is, you know, imagine that that's our prayer life. But imagine we keep it closed, right? But only when we need it. And we just, we pop it off and, you know, and it's like, that's, that's the way we go through life in prayer sometimes, that we don't have this ongoing relationship with God, this conversational, even if you call it negotiating or compromising, but essentially it's an ongoing conversation. I mean, that's pretty, that's, I mean, that's not the way the world thinks right now. Right. No, no, not at all. I agree. Well, and I think I'll, there's also an invitation to Trinitarian prayer that we have in the ask we shall not uh, ask and you shall you receive ask, and you shall receive ask whatever you ask in my name uh, will be given unto you. And the reason I say that is if we're asking something in his name, in the name of Jesus, then we're stepping into the, the person of Jesus. We're stepping into his name. We only do that by the Holy Spirit. You know, by the Holy Spirit, we say Jesus is Lord. By the Holy Spirit, we're adopted children of God. So if, if, if we're praying in the Spirit, it's actually the Spirit that's praying through us, forming Christ in us, turning to our Heavenly Father in the way that Christ did. And then at that point, sure, we're in union. We're experiencing that Trinitarian love, that Trinitarian communion. At that point, absolutely our Heavenly Father is going to bless us, right? But at that point, we've already received the gift of union with God. Right, so that is the encounter. Right. right. And, and, and a true encounter with, with God is transformative. Mm-hmm. I mean, as simple as thinking about, you know, the, uh, Cecil B. DeMille and Moses and the burning bush, you know, and Moses comes down off the mountain. He's you white. Know, he's white. He's got all this gray hair, and they're like going, what the heck happened <laughs> Right. You know, it's like uh, you, we're, and that's a physical reality. But we're transformed in the presence of God. God is so amazing and so awesome that you can't remain unchanged in His presence. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think Jesus's name is so powerful. And think about us as Catholics. You know, uh, not only the name of Jesus, but the the, the but the living Word uh, that we experience not only in the Scriptures but during the liturgy of the Eucharist. 
right? The the word breathed forth from God, the Eucharist is is like um, a, a living reality, and that changes us. Mm-hmm. You know, you are what you eat, and you're transformed. And so, all, in all of these stories, I think there's a transformation that takes place. Right, the person that has the ongoing conversation and encounter with God is changed, and so the reality of what he's asking for, what he's expecting, what the results are, I mean, that also changes. Although I still haven't gotten the lottery. I still haven't gotten the lottery. Anyway. But you got us. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, wonderful. Yeah, and on that sad note, I, <laughs> we're going to take a break. Before we do that, <laughs> I want to remind everyone at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, uh, you know, uh, what are we going to do with the, the social media? Yes, please. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Uh, like our posts. Share our posts. Comment on them. It makes a difference. Amen. And also send me an email. Love to talk to you. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemsky, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original twelve apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. Yes, here is Deacon Jeff. Sitting in the luxurious corner booth at Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian and Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about prayer. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. Talking about Jesus and the, uh, the gospel according to Luke, and he teaches us the Our Father. And you know what? I, I, I want to... I want. I, I can't talk about the Our Father without mentioning this one thing, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. When I was kind of like waffling about whether or not to be Catholic, stay Catholic, whatever, and I kind of left the church for a little while, I remember reading some stuff and actually having someone talk to me about this idea of Catholics having this sort of dead faith, right? That, that, that all these, we had these dusty old creeds, we had these things that we memorized, memorized prayers, and we didn't have, we didn't like, we didn't like pray like just earnestly and from the heart kind of a deal. And so, but then what's so funny is I was taught to pray earnestly and from the heart. Now think about that for a second. I was actually taught how you do that. And what I noticed was you use the word just all the time. Lord, we just come to you and we just, we just ask you that we just need that. Lord, we just, and it's like a lot of, so you start to realize there's a pattern and a pattern. Right. And right? use the word Father God a lot. Yeah, well. Father God. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different things that, you know, depending on what denomination that you happen Y'all to be associating bad. with. Y'all are bad. No, no, but I'm trying to make a point here. And that point here, Tom, is that, like, you know, we get knocked as Catholics for having these memorized prayers. But what does Jesus right. do when he tells us, when someone says, how do you pray? Jesus tell, teach us to pray. Yeah, he gives the, the verbiage. Which is, had been, has been repeated you know, pretty much verbatim for 2,000 years. Right, right. Billions upon billions of times, mm-hmm. as Carl Sagan would say. And it's like, he's dead, though. I guess he wouldn't say it anymore. But the point is, <laughs> he's actually living it now. <laughs> he's the Our Father firsthand. <laughs> but the whole point of all this is it's a repeated prayer. Mm-hmm. So I just, let's, let's, it's okay to be Catholic. It's okay to memorize awesome to prayers. Catholic, it's okay to, to use a prayer that maybe was, I, I think sometimes when you, you, you do a prayer that's old, you look at some of these prayers that are like, 1800 or 1500 years old and you're thinking like even 500 years like somebody died they wrote this prayer down and they were martyred it's like i don't mind saying that no there's probably know. some power you know in the in that prayer so anyway i just think that's interesting that yeah. you know let's let's pray from the heart well jesus teaches us to by repeating these words so i'm okay with that i'm yeah. okay with the our father but you know as we're as we're talking about this though i, I want to go back to the um asking you shall receive heart because now basically i mean jesus is promising that if we ask we will receive and if we knock the door will be opened so why is it then that sam when you're praying to win your jujitsu match that you don't (laughs) and is that an unanswered prayer well i think one thing we have to remember is that god is love and as we've discussed Jiu-jitsu in the previous is show, yeah, jujitsu is <laughs> not. This is true. Jujitsu is not. You know, God is not like a foot to the throat. No. <laughs> but like, ultimately, we've had a previous show where we talk, talked about the difference between loving and pleasing. Yes. And a lot of times, that can be really. Uh, we can get confused about that mm-hmm. and think, well, if God loved me, He would give me this. But really, what that is is, if God loved me, He would give me what I want. And we have this notion because in our culture. When we expect, our version of expecting love is expecting sort of what we want because we have a highly self-centered culture, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we have to stop and ask ourselves, we're going to pray in Jesus's name for something. Mm -hmm. Think about who is the person of Jesus and what is his character and what's consistent with his character. You know, if I was expecting to get a raise from uh, at work, Mm -hmm. my boss didn't give me my raise and I see him, he's walking out to his car and I say like, you know, in the name of our Lord, you know, ask God to 
rain down, you know, some birds to poop on his head as he's trying to get Ooh, into that a car. Is so bad. Yeah, yeah that it would not be in the character of Jesus, right? I mean, right. like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the uh, apostles said, "Hey, they won't let us through Samaria. Should we ask? You know, uh, ask? Should we send fire, rain oh, yeah. fire yeah, down yeah, upon Samaritans, them?" Right. And he rebuked them and said, "No." You yeah. know, so so is Jesus against the lottery? That's what I got to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know it's like uh, to some degree. Now, this sounds like a cop out because so many times people said, "Like I've, I've prayed about this." And guys, I got to tell you, there's some there's some sadness to all this too. Also, because you see people's hurt. I've been to Lourdes seven times, and I've seen some pretty intensive prayers on behalf of parents and friends and family members for those who are literally on their last legs, who are re- literally just you know close to dying, and they're just praying for a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then they don't get that miracle in the way that they think they get that miracle. And then a lot of people cop out and say, well, but everybody, you're receiving something. you know, And, you're, and it's like, but that's not what you prayed for. And so to some degree, what I, I like to tell folks is it's like you need, to, you, need to, you need to figure out what it is that you're praying for. And I know a lot of people, time, you know, we have answers like that's why I was, I was kind of joking about like, you know, praying to win the lottery. But is that the right thing to pray for? Not because Jesus is against the lottery, but because is is the answer to my prayers going to be a big pile of money? Maybe the Lord knows that that's not going to be an answer to my prayers. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's going to be the beginning of my condemnation as a human being because I can't handle you know having six hundred million dollars or some ridiculous amount. And I guess you know what are you praying for? And I'll ask people that sometimes when they tell me that they've had a bad experience with prayer, it just hasn't. They've never had their prayers answered. When Jesus so plainly says, "Asking you shall receive," well, what are you asking? And, and you said in the character of Jesus, that's a that's a key component to what do you think Jesus wants you to be praying for? Right. How, where where are these readings? What do they begin with? Lord, teach us how to pray. If we're praying for something, are we beginning our prayer for this or that thing with Lord? I want this. Teach me how to pray for it. Teach me how to address that's this right. in prayer. Right. And even that prayer, there's conditions, mm. right? So uh, you, you know. Uh, forgive us our sins as we have forgive those right. right forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven others and so there's there's a there's a challenge even in our prayer mm-hmm. right that the only thing un- unconditional from from God is love i mean he loves us no matter what but he's it's like our 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 stubborn children that we might have tom you've got a few of them i do yeah so do i <laughs> and uh, and the reality is you know we love them but we have to teach them to be asking for the right things, to 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 desire the the, the right things, and so uh, when you were we were texting back and forth about some ideas about this particular show in prayer, you said like you know if I ask for a Snickers, should I get a Snickers right here? And then what was my reply? It's like you were praying for the wrong things. You'd be praying for uh, three musketeers, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and lo and behold, I got right. one. Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell <laughs> us. You didn't tell us about that. But no. So so to some degree. Um, like if if I was praying, I'll go back to the lottery example. If I'm praying to win the lottery, what am I actually praying for? Stop and think about this. What is it that I want the lottery to do to solve my financial woes and issues? Well, at the heart of that, then why is it prob- why is it a problem to have financial woes and issues? Because it it takes your peace away from you, right? You're not you're not happy. You're not you're not peaceful. You don't right feel complete or or whatever. And so, why don't you pray for peace? And why don't you pray for happiness? Why don't you pray uh, to, for for God's will in your life? I don't know what your will is for me, Lord, but I'm just going to try to accept whatever that is, mm-hmm. right, in the midst of suffering. And I've, I've learned a lot from some of these folks who are in Lourdes who are praying for God's will. 
And I think like that is such a mature prayer that most of us, it doesn't hurt. It's not wrong to pray for what you specifically need. I want my grandmother healed, right? But it may not be what God knows needs to happen. And he loves you so much, your prayer is going to be answered, but in some way that maybe you don't understand right now. Right. And that's and that's a that's a hard thing to do. But again, that to me that that's the heart of what's being taught in in these readings. This is also one reason why I believe that the thirty three day consecration devotion with Saint Louis de Montfort is so powerful, because you're giving our Blessed Mother permission to take your prayers and change them, mm-hmm. and so it gives you the freedom to pray however you might feel led to pray. But in the end, you're entrusting those prayers into her hands. And you're lifting up her prayer, the prayers of her heart, whatever actually is in her heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think it can be a very powerful way to uh, have both, to lift up the prayers that you want to live, yeah. lift up, but also to know that she knows how to take your prayers and make good use of them right. better than you do. Well, if you're having that conversation with God, if you have that encounter and that relationship, well, things are going to come back down the pipeline from the other way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just all going up. It's some of it's coming back down. And so I, I wrote down a single word. You know, on my little piece of paper about that, and I wrote trust, that you've actually got to trust God when you're praying, that he knows what's best. You have to trust Jesus, that he knows what you need. And, you have, and you, what you just said in the 33 Days of Morning Glory, you've got to trust, entrust the Blessed Mother with your prayers. Yeah, to that say, will be done. Yeah. And so there's, there needs to be a little vulnerability on your part and your willingness to say, okay, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, mm-hmm. right, as Jesus also taught us. So... You know, it's not not everything is like you don't want to take you don't want a proof text. You don't want to take one text out of, uh, you know, out of context and say, asking you shall receive and it's done. What I would say is there's just like Jesus having conditions in that our father, you know, what does it mean to ask and to receive? What are we asking for? What are we receiving? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why I tell people, if you pray for peace, if you pray for happiness, joy in your marriage. And stop praying that you know that that evil witch would be you know whatever and some you know you just you just you you have to start thinking about what is it that what is the end goal of all this and that is communion with God mm-hmm. and if that's what we're praying for I promise you your prayer life will be much more successful and I promise you as simple as it is um, you know it's going to change you as you talked about at the beginning of the show that ultimately we're the ones that have to change. So there you have it. There's a, there's another look at uh, asking you shall receive. Um, so let's also, I guess, just entrust our Blessed Mother with our needs as well. How about that as we close the program? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.